Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. God's house. And um, so this morning, the the purpose being, I want us, I I never want us to forget, and I don't think we have forgotten, how important the church is in God's plan for the world and in our lives uh, on a lot of different levels. We're we're certainly not going to cover all that today or even in the time that we have allowed for this particular topic or beyond it for the month of January, this focused uh, topic. But today we have a message. I've simply entitled it The Assembly. That's what church means. It means the assembled, the assembled ones. It's used uh, in context, uh, biblically and extra biblically, from this time of just people uh, who leave their homes and they gather for a meeting. It could be, uh, it could be a, a, a group of silversmiths, it could be a group of, you know, current day Kiwanis Club. <laughs> whatever they are, the Elks with the Grand Masters and Pumpas and whatever they may are. They, they're assemblies. They're, they're assemblies. You could even say, uh, it would not, in the same manner which a church is, but see, this is Christ's assembly. That's what makes it different. It's Christ's church, and that's where the word church comes from. Ecclesia is a Greek word, and the word means assembly. It just means when people leave their different buildings, they assemble for a particular purpose. There's lots of assemblies all over the world. Um, I was a member of the boys club for probably three or four weeks when I was, when I was a child. We would assemble. I went once or twice. Um, I, I got to go to the trip to West Point, and after that I think I was about done, so it's time to go back to the ball field. Um, but those are assemblies. You assemble. That's what assemblies do. They people in different places, and you assemble. And a church is that. It's an assembly. It's an assembly of born-again people. We're going to cover that topic today, regenerate church membership. And we assemble. We come into an assembly. It's not just meeting, though. We coincidentally happen to be in the same place for a couple hours on a particular day. It, a church is more than that, and, and we're, not, we're not going to get into all that today. But it's, it's more than just a coincidental gathering of individuals. But, but the point is, the church, like Lighthouse Baptist Church as an example, is, is it's Christ's church, and it has an important place in God's plan for the world, reaching the world, and also in the lives of, of each uh, individual affected by it. What I'm going to do today is we're going to take a look at the first three instances. This is not a Sunday school lesson, but we're going to take a look at the first three instances of the word church in the Bible. We're going to start looking at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, the assembly. And the operative thought here is in verse 18, but we're going to read Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. Jesus is meeting with his disciples, and at this point in the ministry, there's a lot of talk going on. Who is Jesus? They see him, and when you saw Jesus, you saw someone who never sinned, never had a bad attitude, was never disrespectful. He spoke words with truth and authority. He performed miracles. He spoke, and if you listen carefully, you could understand he's proclaiming himself to be the Messiah. And we could look at several verses in which that's the case. But he's, there's something really special about him. 
And so people started to say, well, who is he? I've heard of Jesus, and my brother saw him. I heard that he had a meeting over here. His disciples are doing this. I've heard of miracles. There's miracles that people are saying that he's doing, and many people saw them. Many people were directly influenced by them. Other people are talking about it. Who is Jesus? And so the, the topic's going around, and Jesus brings that whole question to his disciples, to the people that were with him, his learners. Disciple, the word disciple means a learner. That's what a disciple is, he's a learner. So he brings it to his disciples. He says in verse, um, in verse 13 of Matthew chapter 16, we're going to read 13 through 20, and then we'll pray. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I the Son of Man am. Isn't that interesting? He, he loads the question. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being in your house today. Thank you, Lord, for providing throughout 2021. You've, you've led and you've guided, and Lord, you've taken care of us for another year. Lord, we do trust you. We are so thankful for, for who you are. You're the Lord Jesus. You are the Son of God. Heavenly Father, you're our, uh, you're our God. And uh, Lord, as, as we pray, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for this place, the assembly, the organization that you have established. And Lord, you've given us the opportunity to be involved with, members of, serving through. Lord, we pray that you'd bless this time in your house. And uh, Lord, we pray for the protection of those that we've mentioned that are sick and that are recovering. And Lord, we do pray especially for Daniel for his, uh, that he would recover, that you'd protect him from serious harm and, and uh, with this COVID. And uh, Lord, for the many others, we're thankful for the Adam Kowski's recovery, for the Warner's uh, uh, recovery, for Ad uh, April in particular. Lord, we do pray that you'd protect her from, uh, from any serious symptoms from that. Uh, for the Primes, we're thankful that you found the problem there. Do pray for Peter Reffy's family with the death of his mom and the serious condition of his father lord we pray that they'd work your perfect way and your perfect will in that situation and lord so many other things have been mentioned but lord we thank you for your presence we thank you for your word we pray that you would bless this time together and we ask in jesus name amen so we have the assembly and with the first thing that we see here in matthew chapter 16 verses 13 through 20 is triumphant in battle it's pretty amazing it says um, in verse 18, <laughs> this is amazing. First, first occurrence of the word church in the Bible, Matthew chapter 16 in verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Triumph them. Now, do you believe that? Because I sure do. I absolutely believe that. The gates of hell shall not prevail against this church. Now, what does that mean? In a very practical sense, I believe that we ought to take God at his word. He says what he means. He means what he says. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against this church. So let me ask you this. So if, if, if soldiers came and blew up this building right now, okay, let's say every member was here and building blew up, would the gates of hell have prevailed against this church? Absolutely not. What this is a promise is, from that time until now, there will never be a time in history, and this has been the case, in which the churches of Christ have not been here doing the work of God. You cannot eradicate the church from the earth. It can't be. Particular assemblies, you could have something happen to it, and that doesn't violate this promise at all. But he says we will be triumphant. The, the gates of hell, upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I do want to point this out. It wasn't in my notes. But do you know gates are defensive weapons? How many, how many times have you seen uh, or read about armies going into battle, carrying gates to attack the other people? What are we going to do, Captain? We'll just beat them over the head with that gate until they're dead. That's, that's what we're going to win this war. Gates are defensive. They're defensive. They, they're there to keep people out and keep people in, but they're not offensive weapons. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. What does that mean? It means, Christian, we come up and we break down that door. We kick in the gates of hell, literally. We kick it in. Not in its total spiritual context, but in the realm of earth in which we, we work. Yeah. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We know it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to Jew first and also to the Greek. It is the power of God. And so we, we break through. See, here's what happens. Before we get saved, and we probably, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize how bad it was, but it was true. Before we get saved, we're not a child of God. We're actually a child of the devil. You say, well, that's kind of tough. Well, that's true, that, but that's what it was. But then someone comes with the gospel of Christ and says, you need Jesus Christ as your Savior. And we respond. We say, absolutely, I do. You've sinned and come short of the glory of God. <laughs> that's right, I have. And Jesus is the Savior. He died on the cross for your sins. I believe that with all my heart. Well, then you need to pray and ask God to forgive you and trust Christ. And guess what? The gates of hell have just been broken through one more time. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The church is triumphant in battle. And it's amazing. In verse 13, he says, Jesus asked his disciples, he said, okay, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some people say. It's interesting that people were actually talking about this. They, they knew that Jesus was so spectacular, so unique. They're talking about him. He's a very noteworthy person, creating a big stir, his disciples, the miracles. The, the stories that they're hearing are just fantastic. And what are we going to do with him? And he's not a rebel, an evil person. He's not saying, oh, we need to pick up our swords and run through the Roman soldiers and kill all the Jewish leaders. He didn't say that at all. Never did. He spoke words of truth, words of authority, words of peace, words of reconciliation. And so he said, a lot of people are asking what's going on. He says, whom do men say that I am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist. Okay, John the Baptist, pretty noteworthy person. Some say Elias. Now, Elijah, okay, John the Baptist, recent contemporary. Elias, well, that's Old Testament prophet. Jesus was so 
powerful in his conduct, his personal reputation, his impact on people. Some people, they actually said, we think that's Elias, that's Elijah. Wow, you mean he was so unique, so powerful, so influential, so godly, God-influencing, that people actually said, I've seen him and I've heard him, I'm telling you, I think that's Elijah. That's how incredible his ministry, his authority, his power... I think that's Elijah. They really thought it was. Others said, uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, wept over Jerusalem and was being destroyed. The Babylonian captivity saw all these things happen. He just went through an incredible amount of suffering. Very profound prophet of God. Very singularly noted. It just, a lot of great prophecies came out of the book of Jeremiah. And some people, when they heard Jesus, they know Jeremiah is dead. They know he died hundreds of years earlier. But Jesus' speech, his conduct, his miracles, his reputation, the total impact of his ministry was so powerful, they said, I think that's Jeremiah. Wow, they, people are really thinking. Jer- John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah. Or he's got to be one of the prophets. It's so unique. He's not just another person who's bringing religious teachings. He's so profound. We think he could be one of the prophets that have spoken in the name of the Lord without question recognized to be a prophet of God, spoken from God. We think he's one of them come back from the dead. That's how important, how powerful his ministry was. And so that's, you know, who do you think David is? Well, we think he's Jeremiah. Oh, that's incredible. That'd be pretty remarkable, right? If someone actually said not to pick on David, but anybody... That would be pretty remarkable. I think, I think that's a prophet come back from the dead. Well, they're all saying that. A lot of people are saying that. John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He's one of them. He's one of them. This is Jesus. So then he, he brings it back, and he says, okay, uh, verse 15, he saith unto them, his disciples, but whom say ye that I am? This is what's really important. Jesus' ministry, the word, the, the word of God from, from Genesis to Revelation, was a, a message to be delivered to the entire world, the entire nation. But particularly so, those that are close, who do you say I am? You're my ambassadors. You're going to be representing. You're going to be telling others about Who do you say that I am? Peter. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not a big MacArthur fan, but he wrote a book called The Master's Men years ago. And, he, and commenting on this, I've got to give him credit, give credit where credit is due. He wrote about this statement from Peter. Now, Peter, he was a fisherman who was uh, just one step above landscaper, I think is the way it works. He was a fisherman, and he was known to be, let's say, he was not a philosopher. He was one to speak first, think later, kind of brash a little bit. You know, then Peter. And when, when Jesus said, Whom say ye then? Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what John MacArthur said, pretty interesting, he said, it's almost like Peter said, thou art the Christ, son of the living God. He goes, could I just say that? And Jesus specifically said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So G- Peter, whether he thought about it first or just came upon him in the moment, he said the truth, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus wanted to know, who do you say that I am? So these are his disciples. What we see is, and then he, he, he commissions them, he sends them out, he says, thou art Peter, talking about Petra, uh, thou art Peter. In other words, Peter is the name Jesus gave to Simon, right? He renamed him. He's reminding him, you're my disciple. I called you by name. 
And, he, and Peter means rock. It means a small rock. And then reflexively, he refers back to himself upon this rock because we're told, just not to get into, not to digress, but in the Old Testament, or the rock that Moses smote, and then 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 10, says that rock that followed them was Christ, referring back to himself. He says, thou art Peter, you're the small rock. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he's, he's saying the devil can't win. With all the power and all the oppression, and, and friends, we live in really friendly times. As oppressive as it may seem, we live in pretty friendly times. You compare the environment that American churches enjoy compared to contemporary churches in other countries. Go try to start a church in Iran. See what happens. A lot of parts of Africa, China, these oppressive countries. What happens is, if we tried to do this there, uh, depending upon where it was, we could be imprisoned, we could be put to death, we could be burned. Terrible, terrible things. But guess what? The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And guess what? It hasn't. We're still here. With all the oppression, all the bloodshed, all the powers of all the earthly kingdoms, inspired by the devil himself, have put upon the churches, were, we are still here. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And it's true. And he says unto Peter, unto thee, I will give the, king, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth. There's a significant amount of information in that, talking primarily, I think, about the, the declarative power uh, of the word of God, whatsoever thou shalt loosen on earth shall be loosened in heaven. But uh, I, I think there could be some other implications to that. But the point being that the church is triumphant, absolutely triumphant. And then he said, this is interesting. I don't know why this is. I know I trust his timing. I, no question about it. But in verse 20, when he says, then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus of Christ. This was not a permanent, permanent statement, by the way. Never, ever, ever tell anyone that I'm the Christ. That was obviously not a statement. It's obviously a time consideration for a period of time. I, I want you to keep this undercover for just a little bit. Because obviously they were authorized, commissioned to preach the gospel, including that. But it is interesting. So we see the church, the assembly, is victorious. And then we see triumphant. Then we see Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 18, just a page later. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, page 1012, 10-12. In case you want to use one of the few Bibles, page number 1012, 1-0-1-2. Matthew chapter 18, in verses 15 through 18, it says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, second instance of the word church in the New Testament, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So again, if, if you have a brother that, that trespasses against you, you have a, a Christian, but you, may, you may be really, really surprised to hear this. But there's been a case in history where a Christian was offensive. <laughs> you know, we've never seen that at Lighthouse Baptist Church. 
Amen? Well, not in the last five minutes, maybe, but it happens where you do something to offend your brother. It's not, hopefully it's not on purpose. Maybe it is. Maybe you had a bad day. Maybe you're malicious, whatever it may be. But a Christian can offend another Christian. In the church setting, he says, uh, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So you go to him and say, hey, um, I'll use somebody who's not here. Hey, Joe, uh, you know, I can't believe you. Why did you say that to me? Why? You called me a name in front of everybody, assuming, inferring that I was guilty of something. And have I done something to offend you? Or why did you say that? That would be, that's a good thing to do to, to Joe. He, he trespassed against you. I'm not saying, oh, you can't be a Christian because you said something bad against me. Absolutely not. But he's saying, Joe, have I done something to offend you? Because, and we don't go, you know, how dare you? No one has ever talked to me like that before. We don't do that. Joe, um, is something going on? Is everything okay? Have I offended you? Again, he that is spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So, Joe, have I offended you? And it says here, if thy brother shall trespass against thee. Well, the point here being is authoritative in, con- in, in conduct. And this is what we're talking about. Verse 15, verse 16. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more. Then in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So Joe said, stood up in the middle of church and called me some bad name and accused me of some terrible thing. Wow. Well, that would be an eye-opening moment in church service, right? So after church, I say, Joe, what's going on? And he says, ah, you know, you just really get under my nerves. I don't like you anymore. So, all right. So, but he didn't want to fix it. So it might take a couple men from the church and say, Joe, really, is there something we can do? We want things to be good. We want things to be right. We don't want to get rid of these kinds of things. So take with thee one or two more than the mouths of two or three witnesses. Every word may be established. And verse 17 says, if he neglect to hear them, Tell it to the church, the assembly, the members, regenerate membership that have covenanted together under, under a church, like Lighthouse Baptist Church. If he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on, on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven." For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. Verses um, uh, 19, 20, kind of an addendum on that. But he says, so the church has, now we, we've only done this once in like 30-something years of existence, where you have church discipline. First uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 5 talks about an instance, I think it's chapter 5, talks about an instance of a man living with his father's wife. This is at church. It was a disaster. Paul said, what are you doing? Come on, church, you can't let this kind of thing go on. And so, anyway, so he dealt with that. Here, in this case, it says, if, if Joe here doesn't want to get it right, he, he wants to come to church every time and stand up in the middle of the service and say, you know, what a bad person, you know, this guy up front is. You know, we can't operate like that. And so, if he neglect to hear the person who goes to him, the other two that went with him, then tell it to the church. If you neglect here the church, let him be unto thee as heathen man and public. In other words, sorry, Joe, you're not a member here anymore. We're not saying you're not a Christian. We're saying you're not a member of this church anymore. Now, in 1 Corinthians where it happened, the guy repented and came back and everything was great. So in this case, we remove him from membership. It's authoritative in conduct. 
how to deal with an offending brother. So the church is triumphant. But also it's a place that needs to be the house of God. It's built upon, we'll talk about this on the next point, regenerate church membership. Can't just be a social club, can't just be, you know, whoever wants to come in any particular time, you know, we'll make you deacon, that kind of thing. It's, it, it's, it's God's house. This is God's house. We are, it, again, many other verses come to mind where it's God's building and it's, it's, but this is all about God. This I kind of like this, but I, I've met comment before. I want to put on our website, uh, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. you. You know, some people just think the whole world revolves around them, right? Yeah, well, we're here to make you feel better. We're here to tell you it's not about you. <laughs> yeah, we are here for you, absolutely, 100% for you, 100%, 100%. But we're not going to change what we do because someone has an opinion we should do something that we don't believe God is leading in, right? We need to follow God's pattern for church. And, and the, the book we use, the songs we sing, the doctrine we follow, it's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about maintaining his principles. And, and when we do this, God will bless us. It doesn't mean you're going to be the most popular place on earth. That's not our goal. It's not our goal to be the most popular. And I mean, great peace of all they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And, and uh, uh, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies be at peace with him. There's an overriding benefit to just serving the Lord, but our goal is not just to make everybody happy so they'll come in. Our goal is, obviously, to reach people very strongly, but it's to follow God's pattern the very best that we can as we do that. And uh, he says to Peter, so if this fellow Joe doesn't listen, well, Joe, you got to go. And it says, whatsoever that shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever that you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. I think that means whatever construct, whatever implication church membership has, it's binding. And I think when a church, when someone's removed from a church, you're removed from a church. So we're triumphant. It shall, the church will never go away. It's just like Israel. You know, Israel can't be removed. God has a plan for Israel. And there are people, like in Iran, they'll say, we want to nuke Israel. We want to build nuclear weapons, and we want to nuke Israel. And then there's nations that say, I, I think we're okay with that. Well, I say we're not okay with it, because God has a plan. I will bless him to bless thee and curse him to curse thee. We're for Israel. But also, it's not possible. You will never see in the paper Israel being nuked and destroyed. It's never going to happen. There's a lot of things that could happen. I mean, you may have an actor elected as president someday, <laughs> right? Like Ronald Reagan. You have a lot of things unusual happen. You will never, ever see, ever see Israel destroyed because God's got a plan for him. And you will never see a time on planet Earth where the Lord's churches are not there. Now, we're not everywhere. That's why we're planning churches and proclaiming the gospel. But we are, we're triumphant. And I'm just, you know, I, Sometimes I'm just amazed at God's grace. I, I know myself, and you know yourself, and we realize how flawed we are. You know, we're not, we have no confidence in the flesh. Oh, the church is triumphant, and, you know, nothing we can do can ever come against us. We're invincible. We, we walk humbly before our God. That's where we need to be. But realize we're walking hand in hand with God. That's an honor. And it's a safe place. 
And it's a good place. And oh, sure, hard times may come, but we're walking hand in hand with God. And how bad can it be? And when everything is said and done, we'll be with Him. And at least somehow, some way, by His grace, and His grace alone, we'll have been victorious in the life that He gave us to lead. So, and lastly, and quickly, expansive in growth. And this is, this is motivational. In, in Acts chapter 2, 43 through 47, Acts chapter 2, 43 through 40, 47, Acts chapter 2, 43 through 47. Now, Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost. <laughs> Just, oh my goodness, so terrific. And it was, and I, 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 forgive me, I have to point this out. When the tabernacle was built, the tabernacle pieces were all put in place. And then the sacrifice was made. And then the Shekinah glory came down. When the temple was built, all the pieces were put in place. Then the sacrifice was made. Then the Shekinah glory came down. When the New Testament church is being built, the pieces were put in place. The sacrifice, Jesus Christ, was made. Then the Shekinah glory came down. This is the Shekinah glory for the New Testament church, the day of Pentecost. So after the day of Pentecost, people are getting saved. Miracles are, are being performed. It is, it is beyond amazing. Oh my goodness, if we had seen that, what a life changer. What a, what a remarkable, obvious, tangible expression of the power and influence of God. It was absolutely remarkable. And because of the things that the people had seen, they were extremely confident in their proclamation of the gospel. I mean, if, if we just saw a pillar of fire come down from heaven in the, in the lot next door and, and everybody knew it was of God, I know I would. You probably would too say, that was in my churchyard. <laughs> that was God. God was here. You saw him. You saw the pillar of fire. And he does more than that. And we'd, we'd be shouting all over because they all saw it. There was such an amount of confidence and, and just practical uh, exuberance over what had just happened this day of Pentecost. Verses 43 through 47, we see kind of the impact, the, the carry-on, the influence of this. It says, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Add to the church daily such should be saved. Save really important verse on regenerate church membership. You look through Christian history. You know when churches started really falling apart? There's a lot of steps along the way, a lot of steps. This was super important. When they started saying to people, oh, you don't have to be saved. This happened time of Constantine. I mean, Constantine, the, the, pers the Roman persecution against Christianity was pretty oppressive. It was... It was it was, it was wicked, 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 wicked. Well, Constantine arises to the throne. It's an interesting history, but he comes to the throne and he says, we're going to stop the persecution against Christianity. As a matter of fact, you're all going to be Christian. And so he had his soldiers. There's one story that I've read. Let's take it for what it's worth. He actually had his, his uh, what do you call, groups of soldiers come by and they would baptize them with water, sprinkle them with water as they were coming by. 
don't know if that particular story is true, but one thing I know is true, he led everybody into the church, the assembly, whether or not they were saved. He said, and this is what we're going to do. The Bible says, praising God and having favor with all people, and Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. What happens if someone says, I want to join the church? And we, and we say, okay. And uh, we baptize them, and they're not saved. They may be on our church roll, but they're not added to the church. You can't be if you're not saved. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. What we see here, and this is the parting thought on this topic, on the assembly, on the church. Here we see the apostles are working many miracles. The disciples have all things common. This is not communism. It's a sort of communism, I mean, good communism. <laughs> good communism. That's like, it's great cyanide. Uh, but in, in the fact that they shared everything they had, there's a common oppression. People were in great need. There was oppression and persecution against Christians, against churches. And so in their commonality, not by order, but in their expression, maybe, maybe a particular localized order, but anyway, they, they, they shared all that they had with other people of like faith so that everybody would survive. That was really good. And, the, and it says, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, the house of God, and breaking bread from house to house. So not just during church service, but throughout the week did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And Lord added to the church daily such should be saved. So having favor with all the people. What happened? Well, they didn't have favor with all the people because they washed their cars for them or their chariots or, did, or mowed their lawn for them. The direct and obvious implication of this is because of their joy of being saved, their exuberance, the, the, the fact, they're not going to deny being a Christian. They're so thankful. They can't help but say they're a Christian. They see the bond that exists among Christians and, and the name of Christ. And obviously, you just had all these miracles that have happened on the day of Pentecost right in the same chapter and are ongoing. And it was just, it gave them such a, a rush of confidence and, 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 and a sense of invincibility on a mission, not individually, but this will not stop. God is here. This is God's plan, God's time, we're God's people. We cannot lose. That's the assembly. We cannot lose. And so what we want to do is avoid ever getting to the place where a tail between our legs and just kind of hoping nobody notices, hope we don't offend anybody. Oh, no, 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 no. We're never, never going to be ashamed being followers of Christ. We, we never deserve the name, by the way. This is not a, a prideful thing. We never deserve the name. By grace are we saved through faith. But we're not ashamed to follow Christ. We're not ashamed to stand for the Lord. We're not ashamed to run the house of God. We believe in the way which God would have us to, to administer in the house of God because it's, it's his house and it's not our house. I'm going to ask that we just bow our heads for just a minute. And it's just a quiet time between us and the Lord. It all begins with... We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC Schenectady. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org slash the gospel.